And now I invite you to pray with me and to pray for me. Lord God, take my words this morning and speak through them. Take our hearts this morning and speak to them. Holy Spirit, we welcome your presence. And we invite you to bring conviction to our hearts through the living word that you will initiate healing and transformation in our lives. And we pray this all for your great name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Well, the church calendar moves pretty quickly at the beginning of the liturgical year. We went through the season of Advent, which was four weeks. And then we had Christmas and Christmas tide, which is how many days? This is an easy one. Twelve. There you go. Oh, that's where the 12 days of Christmas came from. Christmas tide was just 12 days, which brings us to January 6th, which is the Epiphany. And then we have the season of Epiphany until Lent. Lent is February 14th. Yeah, let that sink in. We're moving fast. Yesterday was January 6th. It was the 13th day after Christmas, and it's marked by the Feast of Epiphany. It's a great feast. So I want to know how many of you had great celebrations yesterday for Epiphany? All right, I see a few. There were a few. Why not everybody else? As I see it, Epiphany is the lost Christian celebration. The early church in the first and second centuries had Easter as the first major Christian feast, but the second wasn't Christmas initially. It was Epiphany. Recognition was given first to Jesus' baptism, and then the visit of the Magi from the east to the newborn king. Then that was recognized. So the word epiphany, we think, oh, it's something that I just realized. Well, the word epiphany, quoting a uh, well-known movie, comes from the Greek. It literally means appearance or manifestation. Epiphany, the word, is closely related to another word from the Greek. It's theophany. And that's a manifestation specifically of God to mankind. So epiphany is an appearance or a manifestation. Theophany takes it much further to be a manifestation of God to men and women. Our Western Christian celebration of epiphany, the Western church and the Eastern church, the Western Christian celebration of Epiphany focuses on the Magi who came from the East. They saw the great star appearing in the sky. It was an Epiphany. They recognized that star as a divine announcement of the birth of the King of the Jews. And it was so important that they packed their camels or whatever they were riding. We think it's camels, but could have been other animals. They followed the star on a long journey, and it led them to Bethlehem, and to, Jerus to Jerusalem, then to Bethlehem. Well, the Eastern Christian celebration of Epiphany, that focuses on the baptism of Jesus. It maintains the initial focus from Epiphany, and it's referred to as the Great Theophany, 
where the triune God revealed himself to the world in three persons in the same place at the same time. Yesterday, January 6th, was the Feast of Epiphany, and today is the first Sunday of Epiphany. Sometimes it's a few days after. Well, we have a feast yesterday where we in the Western Church celebrate the arrival of the Magi. Then, the next day, today, we celebrate the baptism of the Lord. So, really, this weekend is two feasts. So y'all have some making up to do. <laughs> even if the Jaguars win, even if the Jaguars lose, I challenge you to feast and celebrate Epiphany and celebrate the, God's revelation to the nations and then God's revelation of himself in three persons at the baptism of Jesus. It makes me wonder why this feasting is essentially ignored by Christians. How we lost this excitement, the passion for these events. My hope today is to help you recognize the importance of Epiphany as we recognize and celebrate God's revealing Himself to mankind and therefore revealing Himself to you and to me. So two closely related Greek words, Epiphany and Theophany, both proclaiming the appearance or the manifestation. So think about the Old Testament. Where would you see an epiphany or a theophany? Where do you see God's manifestation of Himself to mankind? Well, never fear, I'll walk you through a few. The first is actually Hagar. Some might say the first was God walking in the garden with Adam and Eve. I say the first was Hagar. She named God there, the God who sees me. She recognized it was God that met her. Then you have Jacob wrestling with God in Genesis 32. God not just appearing but in contact, wrestling. Then you have Moses, where, how did God appear to Moses? The burning bush. God's presence there. And then God at Mount Sinai, the giving of the Ten Commandments. How did God arrive? Thunder, lightning, smoke, fire. That's pretty spectacular. Now let's think about the burning bush for a second. God appeared in fire. And what is fire in darkness? Light. Doesn't say what time of day it was when Moses met God there, but I suggest to you that it was either dusk or early dawn or dark of night. And that's what caught his attention. He saw the light. And he had to go see what this light was. God is light, right? We just heard that from our reading from Isaiah 42. We're going to be focusing on the reading from Isaiah 42. If you have page 2 in your leaflet, verse 6, about halfway into our reading, God says through the prophet Isaiah, I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. 
I will take you by the hand and keep you. He's talking, the Lord is talking about His servant, the Messiah to come. And God continues, I will give you the Messiah as a covenant for the people, a light for the nations, to open the eyes that are blind, to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon, from the prison, those who sit in darkness. Do you see the impact of light there? A light for the nations to open the eyes that are blind. What do they see when they're blind? Darkness. The Lord, the Messiah, is light. To bring out the prisoners from the dungeon, those sitting in darkness. You can't miss it. Light is featured here. We read one of the canticles. I don't remember the name of the canticle. It had alumin in it. I know it wasn't the Illuminati. That's something else. Illuminari, thank you. In your prayer books, you could look up the canticle, the Illuminari. It quotes Isaiah 60, which I've got a slide for, where God again through Isaiah declares, arise, shine, for your light has come. He's speaking to His people. Darkness shall cover the earth, but the Lord will arise upon you, and nations shall come to your light. Kings to the brightness of your rising. Saying that God's people are a light, also talking about the Messiah is the light. And it prophetically refers to the Messiah. It foreshadows the Magi, the nations who will follow the light of the star. A lesser light pointing them, directing them to the true light. We heard reference to Jesus as light in last week's gospel. Does anyone remember what we read last week? John chapter 1. There you go. Where John wrote, in him was life, and the life, his life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. That's a victorious light. Epiphany is a celebration of the light that has come, recognized in the light of the star, which brought fulfillment to Isaiah's prophetic declaration that nations will come to worship the Messiah, the true light. It fulfilled the promise to Abraham that he would be a blessing unto all nations. Epiphany is a celebration of the permanence of Emmanuel. What does that mean? God with us. What does Emmanuel mean? God with us. There's permanence. When Jesus was incarnate, he never departed. God is with you. God the Son took on flesh to live as one of us, ultimately to purchase salvation for all mankind, for all who would believe in Him. When you think about the epiphany, the epiphany grows in stages. The epiphany that we're talking about, the epiphany of the Messiah. Initially, Jesus was only revealed to His parents, and then to His aunt and uncle, to His cousins still in the womb. Then the light gets brighter. 
when he's born. The light is given to the shepherds out in the fields. Imagine what that was like. Glory to God in the highest. A host of heavenly angels. Then the light was revealed to the magi from the east, slowly getting brighter. The great manifestation then occurring in the theophany of Jesus' baptism. That is the great epiphany. The great manifestation of the triune God unto the world. Father, Son, and Spirit appearing together. I've got a slide. I'm hoping it will... That's not bad. It's a beautiful Christian icon from the Orthodox, the Eastern Christian tradition, representing Jesus' baptism. And as you look at it, you see John the Baptist on the left. He's in a posture of prayer and of reverence. But if you look, he's also directing others to Jesus. You see right above Jesus' head, the dove, the Holy Spirit descending. And at the top, different icons have it differently, but it shows that kind of the blue aura, the opening of the heavens, representing God the Father, His voice declaring, you are my beloved Son. Epiphany celebrates the fulfillment of God's promises that Jesus is the light of the world. And that's good news. Jesus is the light shining in the deep darkness covering the earth, covering all people. He is the light to enlighten all people and the nations. Without Jesus, you may think you have light, In this world, we can have lots of things that feel pretty good, and we can think we're doing pretty well. I've got light. Without Jesus, it's darkness. It's counterfeit. Your life is empty without the light. Nothing of this world will truly satisfy or eliminate the darkness. And this matters not if you're a student or if you're a young adult, an older adult, or an older, older adult. That's as far as I go. (laughs) Nothing in this world will satisfy or eliminate your darkness. That's why the gospel is good news. The darkness is broken. Death is conquered. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Darkness broken, death conquered. Jesus is alive, and He brings light and new life to all who believe in Him. So if today you have faith in Jesus, you believe in Him, that light lives in you. Full stop. You have it. If you do not have faith in Jesus, there is no light in you. Full stop. With the light of Christ in you, the darkness can be dispelled. Think Moses in the darkest of night, seeing that burning bush, the light of Christ then filling him. In Christ is the only place you will find enduring light, enduring love, and enduring hope. 
A few years back, a popular artist wrote a song called Epiphany. Anyone know the song? I'm looking in a specific area of the church. I'm surprised. I must be a true fan. Taylor Swift. None of you raised your hands back there. Taylor Swift has a song called Epiphany. It's a song that addresses difficulty and suffering. It's a beautiful song. In the song, Epiphany provides relief. It helps one make sense of their circumstances. It was written out of the pain of COVID-19, and she related it back to, I think it was her great-grandfather in World War II. In the song, Epiphany provides relief. It helps one make sense of their experiences. Taylor Swift's epiphany, though, is but a shadow of the true epiphany that the Lord promised and then that the Lord provided in His Messiah, Jesus Christ. Continuing with the Isaiah 42 reading in the bulletin. Pay attention. We're just looking at the... I'm going to read the first four verses. Note what you see repeated. The Lord says, Behold my servant, whom I uphold, my chosen, in whom my soul delights. I've put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry aloud or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break. A faintly burning wick he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not grow faint or be discouraged till he has established justice in the earth and the coastlands wait for his law. What do you see repeated? Justice, that's right. In our humanity, we want an epiphany to dispel our darkness. In our flesh, we desire epiphanies of comfort. We desire epiphanies of peace, of health of happiness, of prosperity. That's what we naturally yearn for. God promises an epiphany that will make things right His way, not our way. God's epiphany doesn't necessarily lead to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. God's epiphany is fully enveloping and fully fulfilling. Take a look at... So that's the word Hebrew word is mishpat, which is justice. It's used three times there in rapid succession, and when you see repetition, especially in Hebrew, you got you to pay attention. What's, what is this about justice? Making things right or judgment? Or how is that... Fulfillment and dispelling darkness. Well, you can use a Bible tool like the Blue Letter Bible or a study Bible, but when you look up that Hebrew word mishpat, it appears something around 480 times in the Old Testament. Well, I just looked at other instances in Isaiah, and the first one opened the puzzle for me. Zion, God's people, shall be redeemed by what? Mishpat, 
Zion shall be redeemed by justice, and those in her who repent by righteousness. But rebels and sinners shall be broken altogether, and those who forsake the Lord shall be consumed. God's justice sets things right, His way. We are set right through repentance, just as it says. Those who repent, we receive the righteousness that is not ours by anything we do, but is a gift from Jesus Christ. God's people are redeemed through justice, God making things right through the epiphany, His Son, the Messiah who shed His blood so that all who believe in Him will not perish but have everlasting life. But rebels and sinners who seek their own way, their own happiness, their own truth, apart from God's righteous justice, they shall be broken and consumed. The Lord promises an epiphany of justice, a Messiah who will suffer but not Grow faint or be discouraged. So this passage, Isaiah 42, is talking about the Messiah. And it says, he will not grow faint, verse 4, or be discouraged until he has established justice. This is a Messiah who will have the Holy Spirit, verse 1 who will sustain those who look to Him. When you look to the Messiah and put your faith in Him, it says in verse 2, He will not cry aloud or lift up His voice or make it heard in the street. He'll be quietly with you. If you're a bruised reed, He will not allow you to be broken. If you're a faintly burning wick of faith, He will not quench your faith. That's hope for hopeless. He will faithfully bring forth justice. This is the one, the Messiah, who will bring redemption by His justice to those who repent and who turn to Him. And don't miss this. According to the good news of the gospel, we just heard that Jesus has God's Spirit upon Him. We just read the passage. The Holy Spirit descended on Jesus as a, go- as a dove. All who were redeemed by faith in Jesus, you also are filled with the Holy Spirit. That's crucial for you to understand because with the Holy Spirit in you, Christ in you, His Spirit in you, you then participate with Jesus. You serve as a healing epiphany unto others. He doesn't promise to make you all better. You might still be a bruised reed or a faintly burning wick, but He promises to be with you, to sustain you, so that you will be a light in the darkness, a light that points to the light, Jesus Christ. Epiphany is a celebration that God's promised light has broken into the darkness A light providing redemption from life's darkness, comfort and relief from trauma and pain, and that's good news. By faith, by your faith in Jesus, 
that light lives in you and shines through you so that the lost can see the Savior. The light of Christ shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.